Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two. Yes, we are back at it again. The airwaves are still keeping me on here. So welcome back with episode two of Vulnerability Leads to Victory. It is I, your host, uh, Sean John, uh, coming back with just hopefully some more nuggets of wisdom to help you in your journey of being vulnerable. Uh, I am so excited for this episode. Um, I have a good friend of mine uh, joining me. Um, I have known this person for some time um, since they started their journey uh, years ago, working in student affairs to now doing so many other awesome things in life. Um, Today, we are joined by my good friend, Nikki Garcia. How are you today? Good, good. You know, I, I took notes after or during your first podcast and just so many things resonated with me. And so I'm doing well, and I mean that I'm doing well. I'm not just saying that. Uh, it has been a tough week, but today I had, you know, a little bit of a, a better sleep than I have the past couple of days. So I woke up feeling refreshed. I've had my coffee, so I am doing well. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to have you. Um, as soon as I, you know, started to come up with like really the episodes I wanted to do, I was like, you know what? I gotta have some different variety of people, and you were one of the first uh, names that came to mind. So I'm definitely glad to, you know, get you you on here. So we go back some years. I we go back to you know your time uh, in Gainesville, Florida, being a student at the grad student at the University of Florida, where uh, your uh, we used to go by Steinberger. Yes, me and others used to kind of hype it up on the intramural fields and in the office and everything. But um, and you know we got to kind of know each other during the start of your career in housing, but as I said, like you're now doing so many other amazing things. So, you know, for you to like, how do like, how do we know each other? What are some stories of, that you remember of our time from knowing yeah. each other? Yeah. Ba- so again, back at UF, go Gators. Uh, go Gators. In Gainesville. Uh, I had moved there without knowing a soul uh, and left there with so many amazing colleagues, friends, uh, and I'm just really glad that I get to, you know, call you a friend among those. So, um, I, what is it now? Seven ish years ago, yeah. like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so we worked in housing together and, um, I don't even remember. I was a grad hall director or something. They're all called different things, but I essentially lived in the residence halls and we had, uh, supervisors that also lived in the residence halls And you were never my direct supervisor, but we had a lot of interaction working on committees together. Uh, You know, my friends were supervised by you and you were just always this cool guy. And (laughs) I just remember feeling like, okay, you can be really good at your job and also be really cool and have great relationships with the people you supervise. Uh, And what, you know, one of the things that we did 
uh, on a personal note is we had that grad and pro softball team yes uh, in in the intramural world and it was so incredibly outside of my comfort zone which i think is hilarious now because i kind of had this other career for a little while in fitness and i recently the past year or so was also in a uh, co-ed softball league for fun with my husband and but at that point, it was not anything close to what I was comfortable doing, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun and uh, just a chance to connect with people outside of the work world, which was awesome. But yeah, you guys used to yell Steinberger. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> My maiden name. <laughs> yes, uh, I just, I definitely remember those times of uh, intramurals. I definitely remember the time as well, though, when you were a, when we actually had a, a, uh, championship-esque uh, kickball team. And um, there was one time where you were uh, injured and you had a boot on your foot. And I remember this, this story, yes. This is the time where uh, our team, so people who don't know, this was a team of all grads and professionals. And we were playing really undergrad students. And so we had to name our team just for fun because the undergrad students would talk trash mm-hmm. to us and like, you know, would make some ageist jokes and stuff like that. And uh, there was this one time where uh, Nikki just, she she wasn't having it as a fan and she went off and I, I I don't remember if you actually got thrown out, but I know you were on the verge of mm-hmm. you were on the verge of getting thrown out by the umpire yeah. uh, as a fan of a uh, intramural game, and it was just like we were so excited for your passion, but it was also like wow, like you, that's how intense it got. So yes, yes, yeah, I. I'm a very competitive person and I've since tamed down that competitiveness a little bit, but it is, it is just who I am to my core. And even though I was not in the game, I was equally invested in the outcome. And when there were bad calls or the other team was talking so much trash, I could not stand by, you know, I had to, I had to get, I get, had to get involved. So yeah, the, the um came over and, told me to, you know, be on my best behavior at that point. So <laughs> I listened. I listened. Yes, yes, yes. So as you know, this uh, the name of this podcast is Vulnerability Leads to Victory. So talk a, a little bit about why you were interested in, in doing this podcast. Yeah. So I think back on this past year, really two years, and I feel like there have been so many moments that I have had to go through and come out of the other side and just really big moments in my life. And if I had not honored my voice and my experience and done the work to get to the other side, I don't think I would be where I am today. And there's still a lot of work to do, but this idea that you are using this platform to share stories so that people know that it's okay to do what you have to do to share, to open up, to find your community uh, really resonated with me because I don't think that there is an experience that I've gone through, a life-changing moment that I've gone through that I have not had to open up or rely on others uh, to get to the other side. So that was very appealing to me. 
um, and just, you know, interested in hearing what other people have to share and on my end, sharing some things that might resonate with others and give them the confidence to uh, honor their, their own journey. Definitely, definitely. That is so good. It's so true just that there are so many stories out there that are wrapped up just in the one word of um, vulnerability or vulnerable. And I think it's, it's as, as I talked about in the first episode, it's, it's just a good opportunity um, for folks to just not just hear different stories, but also just kind of hear how things played out for people. Because, mm. you know, a lot of times people think that there's just vulnerability is so many tears and just so much breaking down. And I think that could be a part of it, but that's not the the um, entirety of it. So for me, the, the definition that I have uh, put out there for uh, vulnerable vulnerability is allowing yourself the opportunity to truly be in the state where you are. Um, and that state can be, you know, emotionally, physically, you know, spiritually, mentally, whatever that could be. And so, you know, that is the definition I put out there. But what would kind of be your definition or statement or different words that you would give to um, define vulnerability or vulnerable? Yeah, so that definition resonates with me for sure. And I think aligns with mine, which is this idea of just being exposed so just who you are, raw, unfiltered, this is my story, this is my experience. So this concept of exposure without any apologies, without any uh, fluff around it, 100% exposing who I am. Definitely, definitely. And I, I like that word kind of expose. Like, I think that's something that, you know, especially in this day and age, like, you know, um, with social media, even if you, you know, there's so much talk about through social media, um, are people seeing, you know, the real you, like, what are you actually, you know, showcasing? And I think that even if you try to, um, you know, put out there what's really going on in your life, there is a level of yourself that is still, you have to ask yourself, like, am I exposing everything um, or am I exposing it at the right time or am I exposing too much? Like I'm mm-hmm. trying to understand, you know, fully what's that, um, what is really going on with, with yourself. And so I like that, that you use the word exposed because um, I think sometimes if, if you don't take the time to expose yourself, then it you know, it's tough to have someone else do it yeah. um, and put you out there in a way that uh, is now there's a narrative that's being written about you that you didn't get to kind of be the author of from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, so knowing that, you know, you you have that definition kind of what's a what's a story of yours that, you know, that talks about vulnerability, but ultimately, um, knowing that this is again, vulnerability leads to victory. Like what's that story and and how, how did you, you know, where did it begin? What's it about? And then kind of, how did you bring yourself out of that to, to learning how that helped you grow? Yeah. So I would say most recently, uh, this, new journey that I'm on six months in of parenthood has been the 
hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I'm told that it does not get easier. It only gets harder. So (laughs) I don't know if that's encouraging or scary. Uh, but, uh, in the very beginning, they call it the hundred days of darkness Wow, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear of this until I was at about day 90. And I'm really glad because uh, that would have scared me, I think. But it the this whole concept of being in the dark for the first three months is real. And while I would not say that I had postpartum depression, I would say there were moments of some high anxiety and, and definitely a lot of emotion involved. And so I got to a point and you talked a little bit about this in the first episode too, but I got to a point where I know I needed a community. And while my husband is an amazing human, an amazing husband, an amazing dad, he can't be everything that I need in one person. And so I recognized, okay, I need to, even though we're in a pandemic, I need to find my outlet with some some other moms who are going through similar experiences. And I need to go to therapy because I need to be able to talk through some of this stuff that I'm going through. My husband is a very pragmatic person, you know, A plus B equals C. Mm. This is what we need to do to get from A to Z, whatever it is. And I need a little bit more time in the middle. I need a process. Mm. I need to talk through some things. And so I was finding myself very frustrated and sad because I felt so alone. And we're here in the middle of this pandemic. We haven't had anyone inside our house since March. I haven't had any play dates. I haven't had many mom dates. And the ones that I've had have been socially distant and outside. And so things were just feeling really off for me. And so I was like, I really need to take this step. I I need to do what's right for me and be able to share my full story without feeling like I'm crazy, without feeling like I'm the only one going through this because I'm living with one other adult in this house and he does not process things the same way that I do. So I need to find something or someone uh, that can help me through it. And so I've been in therapy now for uh, just about four months and I've laughed. I've cried. I, you know, I don't think vulnerability, like you said, always has to be this major breakdown crying moment, but I have definitely felt like those have been some of the most (laughs) helpful sessions because when you come home, you got to be mom, you got to be employee, you got to be wife, you got to be all these other things. And I don't necessarily have the time to break down and cry. And so I allow myself that time in therapy to do that. Um, And so it's been really, really helpful. And I know you and I've spoken a little bit too. I had a miscarriage uh, two years ago and experienced uh, a really, you know, long journey to get pregnant again. And so all of those things weigh heavy on your heart and I don't have to tell you that. Um, And so therapy for me has been this chance to really expose myself and my feelings for what they are, to recognize where I still need to do work, to recognize where I started and how far I've come. And so that for me, if I had to give one piece of advice to any mom, but really anyone is that if you have thought about therapy, if it has crossed your mind as an idea, nothing bad comes out of it. 
Um, if, if you've thought about it, then you're ready. Um, so that would be my, my biggest takeaway from the past few months is for me to feel fully me, I've had to share and shed all my layers in therapy. No, that's good. And I, I think that's a, a key thing is, as you said, like, you know, it's not being ashamed for, for therapy. You know, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we say in other parts of our lives, there's, you know, other ways we talk about there. There's like some people are like, oh, I need retail therapy. I need mm-hmm. like, you know, physical therapy and everything like that. And it's about really trying to, you know, with retail therapy, it's, it's, kind of bringing a sense of joy, a sense of happiness, a sense of peace with physical therapy is to, you know, strengthen yourself back up and and get to a point where you can, you know, feel as maybe as competitive, you can feel as strong as you once were. And so I think when it comes to a a mental uh, therapy type piece that um, how do we get to that point of understanding, like, you know, that is a space where, there we can be vulnerable in a way of it's a privacy there's a confidentiality mm. there's an aspect of it where you know um only what you share you know outside of those that room is what people you know would know and so i think it's good that you you talk about that i also like that you mentioned this the the way you and your your partner your husband how there's different processing systems with mm-hmm. them. Because I think that is something that when especially it comes to relationships, um, sometimes people think, well, you know, how do they, it's supposed to be a partnership, like it's supposed to, you know, come together. And I think that that is true in many ways, but also there's difficulties because of how people process. I, I am very much someone who, if my wife brings an issue to me, I can see the solution. I can do everything. And I have to, you know, hold myself back sometimes of just throwing the solution out there, but also realizing how do we, you know, talk with each other and process through that, but also understanding like you can't help me with everything. Right. Like you can't yep. help me with everything of the for better or for worse. Uh, I, I have to find a community of people to to do that. And so, yes. yeah, like, and so I think like even when, with uh, experiencing uh, a pregnancy loss or infertility or anything like that, like you, you have to find that community because even if you talk to your significant other about it, it still comes down to like, what are other people who look like you and who are, played the same role as you in this, you know, this process, this experience, like how are they experiencing it? So yeah, I, I definitely kind of getting back around to that word expose it. It truly in different situations like this um, when it comes to especially a parenthood journey, begin to ex- expose a little bit about who you are and what you see is tough. Um, yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that definitely you nailed it because we were solid before a baby. I could not imagine if we were not, let's just put it mm. that way because it, it, it it's just a, a whole new layer. It's a whole new 
level, if you will, like there's no cheat codes, you know, you got to go through the work and you're both doing it while you're sleep deprived. You're both doing it while you haven't had a good hot meal, whatever the case may be, you're, you're truly at your most depleted selves and you're trying to now keep a tiny human alive. And because you're not your best selves, you sometimes don't communicate in the best way. And so it has really been a journey and work for us. And we're not ashamed to admit that, you know, we are completely in love. We're very happy, no complaints, but we constantly have to have this conversation of communication and what, what the other person needs. And even just recently, I told them, you know, I had listened to a podcast by Brene Brown, who's also, you know, you're the king of vulnerability now. She's the queen of vulnerability. (laughs) (laughs) But she had shared at some point in her early parenting days, talking to her husband about, okay, what do you have left in your tank? What percentage are you at for the day? And so Mm. I sometimes find myself checking in with my husband, like, look, I'm at 20% and I need that 20% to get me through the rest of my workday, to get me through, you know, however many more feedings we have to get me through getting him down for bed, whatever it is, what do you have in your tank and how much can you give? And so it's just, it's evolving with another person, which is never easy. Um, but it's allowing yourself to, again, fully expose, this is where I'm at. This is how much I have left to give to you and everyone else in my life. And where can we kind of meet in the middle? Yeah, you are definitely dropping some uh, good nuggets here. I like that. <laughs> I like this, that concept of the way you even explain just kind of what's left in your tank. Like, I think that is something that I... I think I definitely I can even think about now of uh, have there been some days where I've come home from work, especially during these times and, and me being the one that has had to, you know, really go out of the to the office every day, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, at the first part of this year, like my wife was working from home and now she's like splits the week half at the office, half at home. But I just really thought like, man, when I'm coming home, where am I at? And I like that. I wish I would have known then that I, I could have had that concept of what's left in your tank to really yeah. kind of think about it. Because some days I'm just like, I just don't, I don't, I don't have anything. And, you know, mm-hmm. here's, here's why. And putting a percentage to it gives another viewpoint to be able to um, kind of break it down and, and kind of just grow and connect even yeah. more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because that's definitely if I if you can't allow yourself to be, and I mentioned this the first episode, if you can't allow yourself to be vulnerable with your partner, then mm-hmm. that's definitely, you know, an area of growth that has to get touched on um as well. So Yeah. So kind of you've already started talking a little bit about a few tips here, but what are some maybe, you know, it, you know, two to three or more like specific tips that have helped you or that you've seen that you think could be helpful for people as they are um, trying to be on this journey of vulnerability leading to victory? I would, I, my biggest tip forever for the rest of time is going to be to go to therapy <laughs> Number one for me has been the most transformative experience and the most helpful. 
uh, and being able to take the things that I have processed and learned and bring them back to my home and my relationships uh, has been extremely helpful. I mean, even something as small as I was, I had a session earlier this week and I was like, I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I was a bear. I was just irritable. And Mm -hmm. for no reason, like I I was maybe a little sleep deprived, but truly I was just irritated. And, you know, we talked through some things. And then at the end of the session, she was like, and why don't you go pick up something from Dunkin' Donuts for your husband, go get him a bagel, go get him a donut, bring it home as a peace offering. And I'm like, wow, it seems so small, but just having someone else to kind of be like, all right, keep yourself in check. You maybe weren't the nicest person and you might want to smooth that over a little bit when you get home. So even for something as, as little as that, but it's nice to have someone listen to you and to dedicate some time to truly focus on you. So therapy would be my first tip, if you will. And the second would be to find I would echo your second point from the first episode of find your community. I think we often have this idea that a marriage or a relationship, whatever is 50, 50. And I, I don't buy into that idea. I, I get where it's coming from, but I don't, I mean, my, my life is so much more than just my husband. And I say that with all the love in my heart, because he is the love of my life. And of course I have a son who also takes up the biggest part of my life. And uh, I would never trade that or change that, but I also absolutely 100% need my girlfriends and my mom friends, or I I would not be in a great place mental health wise. Um, They have really been able to ground my experiences and what I'm going through. So, you know, I would take a look at whatever is going on in your life, whatever the most pressing or prominent experience is, and see if there are other people that you can connect with. I'd be willing to bet that you are not the only person going through whatever you're going through, even though I may feel that way. Cause there are still some days, even though there are millions and billions of moms on the world in, uh, in the world, I still feel like, wow, I must be the only one experiencing this. Mm. And I turn to some friends. I turn. There's a great group that I'm in on Facebook, and I've had to leave and join a, a bunch of those. But this one has remained. That they truly no judgment, no you know, just just pure support. And so for me, it's knowing that I can turn to them and say whatever it is, share whatever happened in my day, whatever my feelings are, unexposed, unfiltered. And they will validate that experience. So that to me has been the most important. So I guess, yeah, therapy and your community. So doing something where you can just be solo and focus on you and then doing something that connects you and grounds you, you know, with other folks who are going through the same thing. Those have been incredibly helpful in my life. (laughs) No, those are definitely both good things. I think, um, you know, when it comes to community, especially um, in student affairs there, and I used to talk about this a lot and I still do, um, especially with new undergraduate staff members, I always try to let them know that uh, community is, you know, is often seen as just a place. And I think it's not it has to be more than that. It has not. It has to move beyond being just a place to what's actually taking place. And I think when you're in community, that's mm-hmm. where you can begin to see yourself um, 
you know, being exposed, uh, whether you do it yourself or with others who are exposing you just through asking you sometimes simple questions that could be in therapy um, where layers are being exposed. And, you know, ultimately um, you, it, it leads to a more victorious life where you're able to now feel yourself being stronger mentally, which helps you kind of process and understand the capacity you truly have to be um, who you were destined uh, to be in this life. And so I definitely think about that. I do want to go back to one point real quick. You mentioned yeah. is that like you talked about the peace offering. I will tell people if you have a significant other peace offering, it's helpful. There have been many times where I have brought, you know, a slice of carrot cake home mm-hmm. or something for my wife. And it has definitely helped out. Um, on days where I know I truly messed up um, yeah, or something where I'm just like, she may not be as excited about something I'm going to have to tell her. Um, and so, yes, like peace offerings, people, they help out. They help out. I've done them in friendships as well. Mm-hmm. So people, if you know something, like definitely uh, allow yourself to uh, to utilize that. That's that uh, bonus tip. Uh, of the 100%, day. So, 100%. Yeah. Oh, those little surprise iced coffees that he brings home when he maybe spent a little too much time out at golf or when he <laughs> went to Costco and, you know, got some things that he came home one day with this like fuzzy pillow that I had seen, you know, a week or two prior. But they go a long way, folks. They go a long, long way. <laughs> Yes, they do. My wife has definitely brought me home uh, Reese's peanut butter cups when Mm. she has gone somewhere and it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go do this. I'll be home at this time. And I'm looking like, where is my lovely, beautiful, like partner in life at? And there's, I'm thinking to myself when I hear that door open and then I see that Reese's cup and I'm like, I love you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know what it is, but it helps. (laughs) Those peace offerings help. Uh, so yes so as we uh begin to to wrap up any final thoughts that you have any final things you want to mention um you know feel free to the the drop your social media info anything projects that you're working on and and stuff like that well i want to say thank you this was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I will do a shameless plug for my podcast better together with Nick and Nick. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. We do a little more focus on women and women's stories, but to be on this side where I'm the one being questioned, (laughs) (laughs) uh, a lot of fun and, and really caused me to reflect on some experiences. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, and I think, that what you've created here is incredible. I'm so excited to listen to people's stories. I'm your music, by the way, was fire. I'm about it. It was great. So uh, kudos to you. But really, I'm excited for this community that you're building and very thankful to have been a part of it. So way to go, man. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Nikki. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. I uh, greatly have appreciated your friendship and your community over the years, all of our laughs and jokes. And uh, you still owe me a leg workout. Um, I know. I know. Okay. Okay. Today. (laughs) Uh, No. So so it's definitely uh, been good. I definitely appreciate seeing your social media post um, about being a mom and being a parent, it is definitely helpful um, because 
you know, uh, I can tell the people because by the time this podcast comes out, I will have told the world. But by the time, you know, I, I pay attention to your post. Um, so when I um, begin to raise my daughter, um, yes. so I can... Uh, I can have some things to learn from. I can, you know, see that and know that like, okay, here's some things. Cause I am definitely that dad who's following all the uh, social media accounts that clearly are marketed towards uh, <laughs> mothers, but I'm like, Oh no, that's good to know. I think my wife might be tired of me sending her different accounts at different posts um, because I, I am, it. yes, yes, I am that person. And so I definitely appreciate um, just seeing so many different sides of you. And I look forward to um, people being able to hear your story and respond to it, but also um, just in general, our continued friendship over the years. And, you know, one day uh, we'll be able to come together in person yes. you, um, and your family and me and mine, and we can, you know, definitely have a, a, a great time. So everybody, that uh, definitely wraps us up for episode two of Vulnerability Leads to Victory. Uh, once again, I want to thank my lovely, wonderful first guest of this podcast, um, you know, Nikki Garcia, and just, you know, want to say to you all, um, as always, as you are preparing um, for your time to be uh, vulnerable, which is leading to your victory, just remember to exhale before you inhale. Peace and blessings, everybody. One love.